Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. But welcome in. This is Vikings Event Line, part of the Purple Daily family of shows. And uh, this show, we're going to dive into all the mostly negatives from this Vikings-Packers game today. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. And a quick shout out, and we're going to need plenty of this today, gentlemen. A quick shout out to Corona Hard Seltzer. Dex, let's do the uh, let's do the christening here. Okay, let's get the audio of it here. That's right. There it is, right there. Bingo. Corona Hard Spiked Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported from Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So thank you to Corona Hard Seltzers for uh, for powering this show this season. We're live on Score North Twitter and Facebook, and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily. And we can see your comments. And so if you put your comments up on any of those platforms, we can pull them into the screen. And then uh, we'll also invite some fans into this chat as well throughout the course of the show. But Judd is live at U.S. Bank Stadium right now. So before we get to some of the fan reaction here, let's um, it's kind of loud there. So I'm going to mute Judd until it gets a little bit less loud. And then uh, let's go around the horn real quick here. Give our quick thoughts on what happened today. My first inkling. There we go. My first inkling is that the, the Minnesota Vikings, without crowd noise at U.S. Bank Stadium, their defense, in addition to the fact that you've got rookies and you've got Neil Hunter missing right now, the lack of crowd noise at U.S. Bank Stadium has been such a huge advantage defensively. Aaron Rodgers today not only had... Two instances where he had hard counts draw the Vikings offsides. He had a free play go for 40 yards at one point. It was basically a home game for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, Judd, your quick thoughts on this game. Judd, can you hear us right now? Uh, barely. I'm cutting out. I'm, I'm going to try something with – I'm going to see if I can get a, a cord here. You're okay. all good. I can go Sounds good, man. Good. We'll, we'll mute Judd for now and hang out. So, Declan, your quick thoughts on what you saw today. Yeah, man. I mean, just disappointing. Like, uh, I, I thought the Vikes started off so strong in the first quarter, and they were able to hold the Packers in check for the first few series. And, and Aaron Rodgers looked rattled in the red zone. It was kind of like, okay, this this can actually work out. And then just in the second quarter, Rodgers then became who he is. And that's a guy who's a surgeon on the football field, and you can dissect big plays. And it was pretty disappointing. And, like, the score, it, it's, like, it's like classic Kirk Cousins and classic Vikings, right? Like, the score was only by nine points, so it doesn't look like it was that much of a butt-kicking. But this was a butt-kicking, essentially, for three quarters. And, yeah. yeah, very disappointing if you're a Vikings fan to start the season. I mean, here's the number, uh, by the way. I think, did the Packers tally any yardage after that? I don't think they did. Let me find it here. But it was after their last score. The Packers had 524 yards of total offense against the Vikings defense. That's the most yards ever allowed in a home game by a Mike Zimmer defense since he took over in 2014. It's the second most yards a Vikings team has ever allowed home or away playoffs or regular season by a Mike Zimmer defense. Um, Only behind the 556 they allowed in Los Angeles in that game, that shootout against the Rams. I think that was a Thursday night game, if I remember, in 2018. Um, so Judd, before we get to some of the fan reaction here too, your quick thoughts on what you saw at us bank stadium today. Um, I, I thought this defense would take some time. I didn't think that this defense and especially the cornerbacks would be perfect from day one. This was intro atrocious. This was embarrassing. This was absolutely br- uh, brutal to the point of, this is the most uh, points scored. I don't know if you guys talked about this 
while I was trying to get back on, but this is the most points scored against a Mike Zimmer defense since he took over this team, which goes back to 2014. And by the way, the most points before today was the 42 that his defense gave up at Lambeau on October uh, the 2nd of 2014. And those weren't his guys. I mean, these are his guys, the Dantzlers of the world, the Holton Hills. Um, This was off the charts awful. This was, I I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, defensively, um, this felt, like a less Frazier defense. And that is, and as much as I personally love less, that's about as mean a thing I can say about Mike Zimmer's team as possible. And you know what drives me crazy too? The, the way that the offense operated in its uh, comeback in such wildlike fashion to me, a furious <laughs> rally, right? Oh, God, man, put up the stats, get the touchdowns. Thielen caught, make no mistake, gentlemen, Adam Thielen in this game caught two passes in the first quarter that counted to me. Um, this was a terrible performance, but the defense, like there are some things I think are as less like to say correctable, but there are a lot of things here that I think if you're a Vikings fan and if you're Mike Zimmer, I have to scare you a little bit or a lot. Yeah, I think that's, I think you kind of hit on the biggest theme here coming out of week one, which is all right. It, it is only one game and it is, it is, you know, you, you do have time with, especially with seven teams getting in the playoffs in this new format, you do have time to make up for this, but you have a tough schedule. It's not like you only face Aaron Rodgers and then you get a bunch of weak quarterbacks. I mean, you face Hall of Fame quarterbacks on a regular basis this season. And so the question is, how much of this is fixable? How much of this can be changed? Let's start with just defensively by the Vikings. I'm actually not as worried offensively. I know that the offensive line is not going to be great in pass protection. They are going to have some problems there. And, you know, small sample size, Adam Thielen was the only receiver targeted in the first 90 minutes of real time today. So, so Kirk's going to have to build some trust with other wide receivers. At some what point. was that fourth down call for Tajay Sharp coming out of a timeout? Yeah, like what are you? Yeah, it's fourth, like fourth, fourth and three, like but, fourth I mean, and three. You go go, go for, for a higher percentage play. I, I yeah. love going for it in that spot, too. but go for a higher percentage play if you're gonna. And if you start to rank the weapons that you would utilize in that spot too, like how far down the list do you have to get to before you go Tajay Sharp? Like, and I, I know doing? he's going to be focused on, but you got a guy who I think he wears thirty three, and I think he just I think he got a new contract, um, and he's pretty dynamic. And like if it's fourth and three and I'm going to take my shot, I think that guy gets the football, not Tajay Sharp, who I don't believe caught a pass um, and, and I think was only in for, for that fourth down play. And again, they called a timeout to plan this. That's what sort of gets me. Um, I think he was only in because BC Johnson had just made a catch and gotten hurt on that play. So, uh, I mean, that's not the story of this game. I completely get it. But it is sort of a head scratcher of, okay, I like going for it on fourth down. Good idea. But this is what you're going to do, a deep pass. And and look, the Packers got cute too. I mean, the Packers made some play calls that I completely don't get. I think if the Packers had played this game really smart and efficiently and they scored uh, 43 points, and I don't think that they did, I think they could hit about 55. Uh, I mean, yeah, well, let's let's get to some of these comments. And by the way, if you want to jump in here, um, so we're, 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 we're experimenting with this for the first time, Ventline moving to just a straight up live video edition. And we'd love to welcome fans into the video for the first time. If you want, Declan's monitoring our email address. It's vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll send you the link and we'll experiment with it. Keep the language clean if we do invite you into the video. Otherwise, we can see your comments. We'll keep pulling comments into the show here and answer questions. Um, and another thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer for powering Vikings Ventline every single Sunday here. Win or lose, I think today there's going to be a couple more Corona Hard Seltzers being thrown back by at least Declan and myself. Judd's working at the stadium, so he can't get... I, I have the whole box with me. I'm at the whole... It's uh, Might be a sick day for Monday to me, boy. Might be a sick day. <laughs> so the... The smoothie squirrel it. hits us up on YouTube and he says the cornerbacks run islands all day with no rush. And I'd love to highlight this. I mean, so I, Cam Dantzler got torched on a couple plays, at least like torched is the wrong word. He gave up big yards and big spots on a couple of plays and you'd say, oh, man. But I didn't think he was that bad in coverage. I think he was just a victim of sometimes if you give even a sliver of air to a guy like Aaron Rodgers or if Aaron Rodgers sees that your head's not turned the right way, the Josh Robinson game from a few years ago that Judd and I referenced during halftime vent line, Cam Dantzler 
while I think keeping up with receivers pretty well today, found out that this is not college football. This is the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of you. And um, but I, I think there was I think there were some positives with Cam Dantzler just in terms of he didn't look too lost. But boy, Aaron Rodgers was just sniffing out the inexperienced guys on defense today. Yeah, and I, I guess my question to the point about Cam Dantzler is, was Jeff Gladney not playing because in training camp he was terrible? Um, was he, he not playing, going back to the fact that he had meniscus surgery done in the spring? That's my guess. But when you take a guy in the first round and you take a guy in the third round, let's see let's see if I weigh that on the scales of who I'm going to play. Or nearly the first rounder is going to play. Um, so that was odd. Look, this defense, we can pick on it in – Basically, aside from Kendricks, I guess, and and a few things, and we could pick on this entire thing, right, guys? Because, yeah, I mean, if if you want to come back at us and be like, well, the cornerbacks weren't good, but where was the pass rush? Yeah, you're mostly right. I mean, there there were plays where I think Aaron had, what, if you timed it out, gents, 10 seconds to throw. It felt yeah. like 12 seconds at times. So, yeah, that that that's the point here is – we can talk all we want about the efficiency of how this defense is ordinarily run and the coaching is good. But if you don't have the parts to make the engine go, guess what's going to happen? The litany of top-notch quarterbacks that you're going to face throughout this year and in this building with zero noise, zero noise, they are going to beat you. They are that good. So Judd's hanging out at U.S. Bank Stadium. Declan and I are getting into the Corona Hard Seltzers here. And let's go to our first ever during the video streaming portion here of Vikings Vent Line. Vikings fan Ben, or are you a Packers fan calling to troll us right now? What's going on, Ben? No, man, I'm only down here in Florida, man. I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> um, but uh, to be honest, guys, Zimmer has to own this loss 100%. Like, this is all on him. I just – I cannot – that I, I again, I didn't think the defense was going to be very good, but they looked they looked atrocious out there. And this is not one of those things. Well, oh, if Daniel Hunter's back, everything's fine. No, this everything's not fine when Daniel Hunter comes back. And obviously, ha- not having fans makes a huge difference. But also at the same time, remember last year when they blew out the Falcons and everyone was like, "Oh, this team's going to be great," and they ended up being ten and six and barely making the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to write this team off completely yet because I think I think the Colts just lost to the Jaguars, which I don't care what part of your se- season you're in, you should never lose to the Jaguars. <laughs> um, and the Bears look terrible against the Lions, and the Lions almost lost that game. So it's yeah. I'm not ready to completely write this team off yet, but you know you can't play like that. I don't care fans or no fans, you can't play like that. This is 100% all on Zimmer. Zimmer has to own this loss completely. Ben, can I can I ask you a question here? So I I, I threw this poll up, and this is admittedly this is a knee jerk poll that I put up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I said, all right, Vikings fans, knowing how big of a debacle this is today, if you could choose between one of these two things, what would you choose? Another nine and seven season, like so, continue forward and try to go nine and seven, or mm-hmm. train wreck and tank for Trevor. You know, I thought about that, but after watching <laughs> Cleveland today, I I just. <laughs> They, the Vikings won't be bad enough to do that. They just won't. That's like, true. Yeah, they, 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 won't be, yeah they, they won't be bad enough to do that. Like They might win the next two games because I don't think the Colts are good, and I don't think the Texans are good. They might win the next two games. Who knows? But I just don't think they're bad enough to take for Trevor. Although I would like that, I just I can't see it. So maybe – but I'm not freaking out 0-1. I'm not freaking out right now. But, you know, Zimmer has to come out and own this loss because I put this all in the head coach. All of it. Yeah. Ben, hey, thanks for being our first ever live video guest on Vikings Vent Line. We appreciate you. And I think you've been a regular caller on the radio side of this for a while too, right? If I recognize you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, and we'll welcome you in again for sure sometime down the road. Um, Yeah, Timothy on YouTube says, tank, tank, tank. Hunter Lee here says, tank, tank, tank. I will say that I agree. The Vikings have too many good players. I still stand by, even though this loss was a complete exposure of certain holes defensively and I think even more so like you're never going to be able to fix the crowd noise issue you're not going to have 70,000 fans and that 13th or that 11th uh what am I doing 12th guy on the field defensively right. too many corona hard seltzers for me yeah um, but I, I think eventually like they have too many good players to completely train wreck this season yeah and so also- I still stand by my my statement from last week that the worst case scenario is like six or seven wins 
And just because they lost today doesn't mean that they're going to miss the playoffs. But um, it's it's two losses in one when you when you account for the fact that it's a home game against a divisional team. Yeah, and so it's week one. Ben's right. So it, it's hard. Yeah, go ahead, Judd. Can you still hear us? Yep. Or have the U.S. Bank Stadium Gremlins oh, captured no, no, Judd? No, no, I think no, they've no. captured Judd. Can you so we'll, uh, we'll mute Judd for a second. Let's bring in our next guest here. It looks like Evan is joining the show here. Vikings vent line. Uh, Dex, go ahead. I'll let Dex be in charge of putting guys on the screen here. Evan, you got about 60 seconds to vent, man. Keep it clean because we don't want to get in trouble, but but fire away. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we definitely got exposed. That's for sure. Um, I think that uh, the cornerback room is just super young. And uh, I think that you either had two, in my head, you had two shots. You either had, they were going to be like really good and just like show people that they're, you know, you know, good in that sense, but, or they're just going to get exposed. And I think with the, uh, you know, Ngakwe not being out there, you know, loss of Daniel Hunter, it's tough. And uh, we just got exposed and um, yeah, I mean, I think we played an okay game, but I definitely think there is room for improvement. I'm so, hey, kidding. Evan, how how much is your, like, what, what was your opinion of what this team was going to be, let's say, 48 hours ago? And how much has your opinion changed after watching week one? Um, I think uh, my opinion was they were going to go about 10 and 6. Um, and uh, I think that is still doable. Um, but I do not think, though, that my opinion's changed. I think it's way too early. It's only week one. Um, I mean, we just saw the Bears come back by, you know, 20-some points. So, I mean... Uh, I definitely think uh, I'm not I'm not worried. I definitely don't think it's a uh, tank for Trevor, though, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at the comments right now. It's like like it looks like most of you. It's so 75 percent of people on the poll on Twitter said tank for Trevor. And it looks like the comments kind of reflect that right now. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was half joking when I sent it out. But I mean, if the Vikings did want to go two and 14 and tank for Trevor, I wouldn't have a huge problem with it. So me either. Me either. So, Evan, thanks for being our second guest on no Vikings. Problem. I appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll say goodbye to Evan W. there. Um, Judd, what's the what's the vibe right now at the at the stadium? Any any? No, it's just quiet. It's been quiet so all day. Weird. It's the most bizarre thing. But I but uh, back to Ben's point. Ben has a great point, And I think it's even broader than Ben thinks. This league, I think, in 2020 for quite a while is going to absolutely stink. So, like, don't think that the Vikings look terrible and that they're now like a bottom three team like the lions how did they blow that game um the the jets are going to be terrible jacksonville will crash and burn too this league is going to have a lot of teams that that are exposed and that aren't good so don't like take today as, as a snapshot and say well the vikings stink the thing that you have to hope for if you're a Vikings fan and you're not trying to tank for Trevor, I think at this point in time is that um, they are going to defensively. It's probably going to be gradual show improvement though, but like the Vikings did not now sink to a, a bottom three team. There's going to be a lot of bad teams here. I mean, heck Thursday night, the Texans looked awful and right. Deshaun Watson against this defense in week three, to be frank at this point, you guys should scare the Vikings a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I just think, man, like, a lot of people are lighting up Kirk Cousins here in the comments too, and so this is this is. Uh, let me let me give you my two cents on this, and you guys let me know, and then we'll we'll continue. We'll get to Jay here in a second. We'll get to our third guest here on Ventline. But um, at halftime, I said this is one of those games where obviously everything went wrong in the first half. But this is one of those games where if you're going to pay a guy thirty three million dollars a year, whatever the exact price point is, you'd like for him in the second half to be able to rise above the adversity and rise above the mess that was created and just help the team pull out from it and win the game. And he played better in the second half. He hit Adam Thielen on a couple of great passes. So I, he, so he did what I wanted him to do in the second half. But ultimately, like when your defense allows 500 plus yards for the, only the second time in Mike Zimmer's career here with the Vikings, there's really nothing you can say. Like you can, you can nitpick the performance of Kirk Cousins, but there's really like no way that you can pin this any way whatsoever on him. So this uh, is the defense, you guys. Like uh, it, it's a disappointing overall game, no question about that. But this is Mike's defense. I mean, they were awful. They were absolutely terrible. And and you know the, the thing that this team probably gets some credit for in recent years is, is all of those Zim Rogers battles have been good. Why? Because the defense has been pretty good, right? Not always great, but it's been good and it can yeah. play against him. That's not the case right now. I mean, this defense was absolutely positively schooled uh, by the Packer QB 
not just for a quarter, but essentially for four quarters. Uh, so Judd's hanging out at the stadium. We are awaiting. This is the first time we've we've really done this uh, before. We're Judd's at the stadium, and we're doing Ventline from a video standpoint. So Judd might get knocked off by, by the so as Scott comments. Zimmer is basically Mark Gardner or uh, Ron Gardner. Um, let's welcome in our next fan guest here to Vikings Ventline. Jay, you got about sixty seconds to fire away. Keep it clean. We don't want to get fired or in trouble here. But what were your thoughts on just? Mostly a debacle for the Vikings today. You know, I think we all know what kind of went wrong. You know, the secondary didn't play very well. Um, the pass rush wasn't really there. But I, I want to focus on some positive things that I saw. I thought Kirk played a solid enough game, you know. Uh, he threw that one interception. But second half, he looked pretty good. Um, I, I thought Dalvin Cook looked excellent. Um, he was running the ball pretty well. Um, Kirk had that great connection with Adam Thielen throughout the entire game. Um, although, you know, he needs to form connections with other players on the team. But overall, I think that offense was fine. And on the defense, I, I can only really take solace in the fact that Neil Hunter wasn't there. I mean, you saw the absence of him in that game without Neil Hunter. Like, Yannick Ngakwe, he just couldn't really take over. I think maybe it's because he hasn't been on the team for that long, hasn't really been in the system for very long. But, you know, this is a team that really does need Neil Hunter to fire that pass rush. Um, and so I think that – I think we can all take a little bit of comfort in the fact that, you know, maybe once Neil Hunter is gone – I think this defense is going to look a lot better. Also, Unique Ngakwe was playing on an injured ankle today, and so they ba- they basically had a half of a half of an established pass rusher. And this is this is the first time that they really haven't had two established guys or more along that defensive line. And so when you take out Daniil Hunter, it is a big deal. And I do think if like, like Judd mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers had a half hour to throw on ten different occasions yeah. today. And so, um, but I I just keep going back to the fact that when you give good experienced quarterbacks on the road, a chance to walk up to the line of scrimmage, clearly communicate audibles and checks at the line of scrimmage with no crowd noise. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Jay, on the second play of the game today, he draws the Vikings offsides with a hard count at U.S. Bank Stadium. Like, Mm -hmm. that never happens if there's 70,000 people in the stadium. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Like, for sure, you know, the absence of the fans absolutely allowed Aaron Rodgers to just, you know, kind of have his way with, you know, the discipline of this young, uh, this young defense. And as well, he was able to just properly communicate with his team and overall just have that edge um, that involves not having fans there. Um, also, to briefly touch on the offsides, like, I, I mean, you know, there was like, what, five, six? Like, it, like, it was pretty brutal. I mean, I think that that is something that, you know, the, the, like almost like newness and and like youth of this defense. I think that that's something that um, Rogers exploited very well. And I think that as this defense matures, I think that that problem is going to decrease, especially since there's no preseason. Yeah. Hey, good Jay, point. good stuff, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I will say goodbye to, to Jay. Go ahead, Judd. Oh, but the uh, thing is, how, how do you jump off sides twice and give the Packers first downs in your stadium again, too? Like, that's just being careless. I, I just, I think there's, there's, there are definitely things that, um, that were a fallout of the inexperience of this Vikings defense. But I also think that there was just some things that both sides too, um, just rusty as hell. Like, like you can tell these guys, they had no preseason games. They, they had practices that were basically playing patty cake. And so, and that's not an excuse for the performance that we saw. I just think it's going to be a league wide thing of a lot of head scratching plays and you know what, too, boys, as I said before, some of the play calling on both sides, I also didn't get. Um, uh, it was weird. I mean, it got too cute. It got too. You're basically going with players right now who have a limited amount of experience playing football in what? The last eight months, nine months. Mm-hmm. And in week one, you're trying to be cute or you're trying to do things, you know. I'm sorry, but fourth and three for Kirk, do something that's going to get you, you the first down. That's not a time that you have to get a, a home run play. If you get it, that's great. Um, but that play was so miscalled and miscast. It was just weird. And, and I don't know with Kirk, again, I think the most important thing with Kirk is putting Kirk in a position to look comfortable, be comfortable, and make plays that he's comfortable making. And on that pass to Sharp, it looked like every check mark that could possibly have for that fourth and three play was not met. Yep. All right. Let's go to our next guest here. Our next Vikings fan. Alec is joining us here on Vikings vent line powered by Corona hard seltzer. All right, Alec, you got about 60 seconds to fire away on this Vikings team and uh, try to try to keep it clean for us. If you could. Can do. 
Uh, so a couple of things. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are going to be really upset. This is such a high score that the defense has given up, and that's always supposed to be the Vikings thing is this defense and Zimmer and all that. But you have to remember, some of this has to be expected, right? You got a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You have a great veteran wide receiver in Devontae Adams and an inexperienced you know, cornerbacks that are young player, you know, dancer playing his first NFL game. Some of that has to be expected. Some of that stuff is just going to happen. Um, you know, I, I agree with you, you know, to a bit, you know, about play calling, things like that. But one, one thing that I've noticed over the last three seasons, something that has hardly ever happened, even in Vikings victories. And I mean, defense and offense has never played well at the same time at the same points in games. Never. It's, I, I can't think of a time where it's ever happened early in the game. What was it? Kirk has no time. They're flustered. The offense is hardly even on the field and the defense is carrying later in that second half. You could say maybe it's because of how green Bay's playing, but you know, uh, the defense all of a sudden just goes, nah, that's about it. I think we're done. I think we're done for the day. And then all of a sudden the offense kind of finds it. You get Dalvin cook going You get Adam Thielen looks like Adam Thielen, you know, so it's just, they never are playing well at the same time. And that I think is probably the most frustrating part. You know, Alec, it's funny. I was actually praising the defense toward the end of the first half because the Packers had run four times as many offensive plays as the Vikings had run. And it's like there's only so much you can do. And I was praising the Vikings defense for just being really good inside the red zone. And I would much rather have a great red zone defense than a great 20 to 20 defense. Like sure. if, if you're going to let teams move up and down the field, that's sort of the NFL in, in 2020. But the Vikings were very stout inside the red zone for years under Mike Zimmer and in the first half. But it's almost like. I don't know, like lack of a pass rush, inexperienced cornerbacks. Um, So the whole pass rush. Yep. So the hope would be that Daniel Hunter comes back at some point and you're not 0-3 and he comes back for the fourth game. The problem is if Daniel Hunter's out for over half the season, if this neck injury lingers, like, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to get a big time pass rush. Right. Higher season. Yep, exactly. Yep. No pass rush. But I refuse. The one thing I'll say is I part do not take anything from won the first game of the season. You can't figure anything out. So that's hope for optimism, and the Twins are our only source of happiness right now. So. That's right. The, the Twins hey, had four hits today. They were all home runs. So Yeah. Well, Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were winning six to three. Four days? Four hits. days then for home runs. Yeah. Good for them. Awesome. So, Alec, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, Alec. Viking Frontline. We'll say goodbye to him. And, oops, I, I might have hit. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'm sorry. I keep hitting buttons. Declan, no, you you're fine. Buttons. It's classic Phil Mackey. Let's get out of Chauncey in here. <laughs> Oh, Chauncey. All right, our guy Ch- our guy Chancey in Fargo here. Chancey, we'll give you 60 seconds to tear this team apart and uh, try not to drop any F-bombs, okay? <laughs> no problems. I, I thought I would call you guys. I like this new format, right? So I thought it would be kind of fun to call you from a different uh, location every week. So I'm, I'm in my kid's tree house. I went out. To, <laughs> it's the only place in my house that's quiet after a game. My, uh, my boy takes it pretty hard, too, when they lose. So I... I know that sideline reporters interviews don't mean much, but I laughed so hard when I heard this during the game. So they come back from halftime, and I'm sure most people don't care, but a sideline reporter who cares her name, she says, I talked to uh, Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak, and they're going to rely more on Dalvin Cook in the run in the second half here. And I I had to look down, and Kirk Cousins had thrown five passes in the first half. Now, how do you rely more on the run – when you've got a quarterback that has five passes and Aaron Rodgers has thrown 28 passes, number one, right? So I think the philosophy there is screwed up. I always have not liked the philosophy for Mike Zimmer. He wants to build it with defense and run first, and I just don't think that's a way to win today in the NFL. I, it, it, today wasn't the example of it. I don't even care if they would have won the same game. I just don't believe that's the way you win in the NFL. Two, without the Vikings horn, the third down horn, the welcome to the jungle, the whole buildup of the fans, the first down, second down, Vikings fans, it's third down and eight. I don't see this defense being the same defense. Just watching this game today, I was at them at about a nine and seven record. I just took them down to six and ten wow. based off of this game right now. Uh, that defense couldn't get off the field at all. Okay. I don't see any reason to think it would be any different at Lambeau Field. I don't see any reason to think it would be different in Ford Field. I don't see it be different in any field. I, I just I didn't see that defense getting off the field. Obviously, Hunter's going to help a little bit. You know, if you score as many points as that offense just did, if anybody would have heard that before the game, they say we win that game, right? We're not looking. We're not used to a defense that's given up forty points a game. 
I get it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I get all the different dynamics, the Hunter thing. But let's just say Hunters were 10 points on defense, so you gave up 30 points. It, it's not a pretty picture. I see 6 and 10. I'm hoping to call you guys from the deer stand if this is your format. <laughs> i call you from my boat, from the pontoon. One day it'll be the couch, I suppose. I think I could mix it up and give you 16 different locations where I can call you from. Uh, but I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Have a good Chan- Hold on, Chancy. Before you yeah. say goodbye, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot and make you deliver uh, your own segment here. Give us a can we stop from this Vikings Packers game today? Can we stop saying that NFL titles are won by running the football and defense? It's complete <laughs> BS. We know with Patrick Mahomes, we've seen it. That's all garbage. That's an antiquated philosophy. The next idiot announcer that brings that up on the field, you win with running and defense in the playoffs. That's BS, okay? That was 1989. Hey, in fairness, the Packers won by running the ball after after Devontae Adams caught one of his 14 passes and the yards after the catch, the yards after the catch is where he uh, yeah. succeeded running. Yeah, I guess, so. I mean, we can keep rolling with Mike Zimmer and that philosophy. Mm-hmm. We'll keep running yeah. and yeah, he's got that defense ready to go. I saw we're good to go. So. <laughs> Chancy and Fargo, man. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably catch him next time, too. Um, all right, let's let's keep rolling here. Who else? We got another person. Yeah, we do. QB. We have uh, Omar is in the lobby. We'll get him in here right now. All right, all right. Omar, Vikings get their asses kicked in week one here. And uh, we're live on Vikings Ventline streaming just to reset this. Powered by Corona Hard Seltzer, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad from U.S. Bank Stadium, by the way. Declan Goff. And you can find Vikings Ventline live every week on Score North Twitter and Facebook and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can also find the on-demand audio version in podcast form on Purple Daily, too. So, Omar, uh, you got 60 seconds to uh, to let this team have it or state whatever you want and try not to get us fired. Okay, yeah. Um, obviously, bad defensive performance. Um, uh, I want to talk about something kind of, I think, I guess good I saw. I felt like Kirk Cousins seemed to have better pocket presence at times, and I liked his, like, rushing attempts. Um, he seemed to have, like, what, 30 yards rushing? That's pretty good. On two uh, carries. Actually, hold on real quick, real quick. So we kind of we kind of made fun of Kirk because he was he was talking about wanting to make more plays with his legs, and he made more plays yeah. with his legs today. It's, it's painful to watch. What do you mean? He's Kirk today. Watch, right, right. He I made plays with his legs today. today. Yeah, well. <laughs> I also felt like we should have maybe brought more more heat, more pressure. You know, obviously the cornerbacks can't hold up. Maybe we should have changed up and maybe ran that double A gap. I remember um, it was in the first quarter on that, um, you know, that um, stop where we forced a field goal. Anthony Barr came up the middle. I just felt like we got away from that as the game went on. We just kept trying to get home with four. And there's no way we're getting home without Hunter there. So, yeah, it's, I mean, gosh, it's, you're right. Without. He brings up a great point, and and it's this. Anthony Barr, where was he? And, and I don't even fault him, but where, where was he for the most part during today's game? Are we, like, can like, we? So you're at the stadium. Can you confirm he was active and on the <laughs> roster today? I saw 55. In fact, in fact, during a, uh, I believe it was a timeout in the third or fourth quarter, had a nice, long, it looked like incredibly cordial conversation with Aaron Rodgers. So let's say those two are best friends. Well, those okay? guys are besties so now. Like yeah. all, all the, the fact that Packer fans hate Barr across the board. Their quarterback does not hate him. Um, but Omar's point is a really good one in the fact that, like, this is the time, if you're Zim, to get creative, to bring pressure in different ways, to to throw curveballs at LaFleur and Rodgers that they don't see coming. And the Vikings were intent on not doing that, and I don't get that. I mean, Eric Hendricks now on a basically a game-by-game basis does things to stand out. He makes plays. Um, but Barr, with what you're paying him, he needs to be that guy, too, in his own way. And I would say the second that, that Daniil goes out, I, I would say if I am Zim and the boys, I am calling together my staff and saying, how can we get 55 involved in ways that we haven't consistently previously to take teams by surprise? We didn't see that a bit. And that does confuse me. I don't get uh, that one. Leroy 100 adds in the chat here on YouTube that even the cheerleaders were terrible. They didn't even show up today. So I can't disagree. What a bizarre atmosphere, o- man. Omar, if you had to guess right now before we say goodbye, uh, if you had to pinpoint a record for the Vikings this season after watching one game, what would it be? Uh, I still think we're going to be up there 10-6, 9-7, probably sneak into the playoffs a little bit. So not a train wreck. Not no, I don't think so. I think that it's going to be like the Rams game from a few years ago where we got smoked 
and Zimmer obviously did something to fix it. So yeah, I think this is similar to that. We obviously got smoked, and we should be better against the Colts. They weren't very good today. And uh, the Texans, they don't really have any weapons. So I think we're going to recover here, and we'll probably be looking at 2-1 and one, um, against the Titans going into the Titans game. Right on, man. Hey, Omar, thanks for jumping in. Appreciate uh, you. you. Appreciate you. Appreciate All you, right, thanks. we've uh, we've 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 gone down the video route here with Vikings mm-hmm. Fatline, and it's been it's been fun. We were kind of worried that we would have technical difficulties, but you know, knock on wood, Judd's at US Bank Stadium. We got people jumping in from tree stands in Fargo. Vikings fans hanging out with us here, so just don't uh, jump. <laughs> well, Not yet, please. <laughs> Take some time. Um, what would you say? Let me ask you guys this here, and we'll and we'll continue to put some of these comments here. Uh, up on the screen too. So if you are watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, we can see the comments and we will bring them into the, into the video here. But what is the one thing that went awry today that you're pretty sure can get fixed in the next month or so? Dex, you want to go first? Yeah, I I would think that Kirk will get a little bit more comfortable as the, as the games go on. Like you, you saw him start to like, like the last caller said, there was moments where, he actually was able to scramble around. There was that play in the first quarter where the pocket completely collapsed and usually Cousins would have just definitely went to the ground. Um, and I think that's, that is something he's been talking about. That he wants more pocket awareness. And the, and the fact that, yeah, yeah, he put up the garbage time points, but I think in general he's going to get more comfortable and the offense just didn't get into any type of a rhythm because of time of possession on the defensive side. So I, I just think in general the offense will flow a lot better today. It looked a lot more clunkier than it is but I, I bet it will be better as the season progresses. Yeah. Mine personally is this. Get pressure. You can get pressure. It, it's up to you. I mean, blitz more, come up with packages. So I, I guess I was disappointed that there was not more of an awareness of the fact that if Daniel Hunter's not going to play and I'm playing Yarborough and Ofedi and that whole crew and Holmes, I'm not going to get the pressure that I was previously. So I guess I'm a little bit confused as to why there wasn't a game plan to get pressure. And, and I would hope uh, that next week against the Colts in Indy, that there's going to be a coherent plan put together to create pressure because you can do that. It's up to you. But if you just say, well, my principles work no matter what, guess what? You're going to be wrong sometimes. Yeah. And uh, today the Packers, the Packers had way too much time for their passing game to click. This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, and 90 calories and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. I think the thing that I think is the most fixable, I actually agree with uh, one of the comments we just put on the screen there a minute ago from, I think it was Michael. The tackling was so bad today. The Vikings had so many missed tackles. And some of that is you had young players on the field that are just not used to NFL speed. And I think at some point that will get fixed. But also... None of these guys have really tackled in an NFL game or a college game in like nine months, eight or nine months, right? I mean, you had some padded practices at Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center, and that's great. Like, congrats on the padded practices, but you didn't play any preseason games. And so these guys are out there trying to feel what, you know, what's it like to get hit and hit somebody for the first time? I think that's going to get fixed at some point here. Um, We are still getting a lot of people that are chiming in with comments about Kirk Cousins and saying like, Hey, quit making excuses for Kirk Cousins. Listen, like this is not the show that makes excuses for Kirk Cousins. In fact, quite Mm -hmm. the opposite, but I just, even as a guy that has said repeatedly, it doesn't make sense to pay 30 plus million dollars to a guy that isn't going to elevate you like a Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. I can't pin this game on Kirk Cousins. I just can't. I have a notepad here, here, boy. Oh, wow. It is is time for a pie chart. Let's do one because if we're going to do a pie chart, Kirk Cousins is going to be on the pie chart, but if you put hey. him like in your top two, you're crazy. Hold on, real quick. Hold that pie chart for just a second. A let's let's, let's bring a couple of guests in here, real quick. Here, hold that pie chart. Let's go to Zach first here. Zach, we'll what's go going to on? Uh, all right, Zach, Vikings fan, Zach. You got about sixty seconds to to state your case and just don't get us fired by dropping f bombs. Okay. All right, I'll I'll try my best not to drop the F. <laughs> I mean, uh, first thing I think is the D line, like zero pressure. And then the second half to this is the cornerbacks. Like when you're playing like man off, like I'm, I'm 15 yards back, but I'm playing you man. Like you need to decide Zimmer. Like, are we running a zone or are we playing man? 
you know, because even when you have the single high safety, like he doesn't have enough time to get over there and help you. And you look at a lot of these one-on-ones that Devontae Adams got, and that's all it was. Dude, yeah, I mean, God, Devontae Adams, it felt like not only, not only Devontae Adams, but it felt like every outbreaking route today was just like impossible for the Vikings to cover for some reason. They were just saying, all right, uh, if anybody wants to, to go 15 yards and out, we're going to give you 10 yards of space and uh, you'll rack up 500 yards. So, And I think this was an easy game for Aaron Rodgers just to sit back and pick his, you know, spots. And that, that was really it. And then like offensively, I – I mean, you, you could say, like, oh, Adam Thielen's two touchdowns. But realistically, like, at that point, Packers are just playing prevent defense. You know, they're letting them get get what they got. And and I almost think the same thing. Like, I mean, we started off, like, with the, the rushing the ball, you know, to open up the play action. But, I mean, when you get down 20 points, there's no more play action. Like, they know what you're doing. You know, yeah. the, their D-line's pinning back their ears, going after the quarterback. So I, I strangely, like my biggest concern going into the game was the O line, and then I walk away from the game thinking like our D line is terrible. Without yeah. pressure, this is going to be all year. Your your play action point, Zach, is funny. I always find it funny when teams are down by three touchdowns in the beginning of the fourth quarter and they're running play action as if like anybody on defense is going to bite on that. But <laughs> yeah. so happening. so hey, appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us on Ventline, Zach. We'll see what happens okay. the next 15 games or so. And then Dex, let's queue up one more before we get we to Judd's pie chart here. We got well. a, we got Kyle here on the show. Kyle, hey. you got uh, you got a, you got about 60 seconds. Go ahead and, and vent your frustration or whatever it is about the Vikings and keep it clean, man. Um, for me, I I mean, everybody's mentioning the same thing, the defense, that there was no pass rush. There's nothing that could generate it that it could help the corners. But I look at a couple of positive things. They had a great drive to start it. They were up 7-3, and then that safety, I think, killed any real momentum that they had, leading to then the um, Alexander pick. That didn't help them either. So I think that those crucial moments in the first half, hurt them also give credit to the Packers they dominated the time of possession throughout yeah. the entire game I yeah. mean pack I mean the Vikings scored 24 points in the fourth quarter but got outscored 19 to 3 in the second quarter so those moments really hurt them throughout the game and to give the Vikings credit even with all of the defensive struggles they had it was a 10-point game with eight minutes left in the game yeah. so if the defense could have tried to get any stops throughout that time we might be having a different conversation so it's frustrating to watch initially but looking at how the Colts played today looking at how the Texans look week one Atlanta doesn't look that great either this year there are some games that they could possibly still win so for me I'm looking at them probably being like 10 and 6 like last year but when it comes to these big games against these other teams they're going to have to step up, and especially when you look at how Seattle played, Green Bay, obviously. I mean, you look at how Chicago came back and beat the Lions. There's going to be some games that they're going to have to try to keep pace with, and if their defense can't stop anybody, that's going to be a long season for them. So, hey, Kyle, you bring up time of possession, so 60 minutes of time of possession pie to split up. The Vikings had the ball for 18 minutes. 18 wow. minutes today. Well, look at the first yeah. half. The first half was a That's joke. absurd. 18 minutes. They didn't even they didn't have the ball. The, so total plays. The Packers ran 76 total plays. The Vikings ran 49. But the Vikings, I think the Vikings only had like 15 plays at halftime. Yeah. So it was like it was like the same game when they played the Monday night where they just could not generate anything. Like they started off hot, they got the fumble, and then they kicked the field goal, and then right afterward. Zadarius Smith is running wild. They can't generate um, a pass rush to help their younger secondary. And then, again, I think that that safety, when when Janir Alexander got that safety, that shifted the momentum for the Packers completely. And the offense couldn't really generate anything afterwards. Like, they they obviously scored, you know, but like you said, they were playing prevent defense. They weren't really – they had the lead throughout the entire game. So you're not expecting the Vikings to really come back and do anything. But again, it's just one game. They still were only down 10 with eight minutes left. So yeah. those are things that you can look at that if the defense can get key stops when it's needed, the offense can try to do something. So 
I'm a little bit more optimistic than I'm seeing a lot of other people. Hey, great stuff from Kyle. Awesome we appre- appreciate you coming into Vikings Ventline, man. Uh, be sure to be sure to come on again sometime. All right. Absolutely, no problem, guys. All right, Thank that's uh, that's Vikings fan Kyle hanging that's out it. here. His point about the uh, safety is a great point too, because mm-hmm. because the Packers get to the goal line, they somehow on third and fourth down decide to go from the shotgun, which was just stupid. The Vikings stop them, and so and so with with no fans here. I, I hesitate to say that there was a momentum shift, but if there was going to be one today, that that was it because I believe the Vikings were up at that point, like seven to five or something, mm-hmm. and no, I, I think it was seven to three pre-safety mm-hmm. and so you're thinking to yourself okay this is going to be a big deal they're, they're going to if not score they'll you know put together some type of drive here time of possession at that point's going to change and alexander comes in untouched and gets that safety and i really felt that that entirely mm-hmm. and and you know keep in mind after the safety the vikings are still up by two points but i really felt at that time that just shifted the game completely to the packers edge hey before we get to your pie chart here Quick little pie chart within a pie chart. We'll do the full pie chart of blame for the loss on uh, either Mackie and Judd or Purple Daily tomorrow. We're going to divvy up our Viking stuff. But sure. what is your pie chart of blame for the safety? Who did TV decide was responsible for that? Because because Cook ran. Now, Cook didn't get the ball, but Cook released immediately as if he mm-hmm. wasn't going to be at fault. Because my initial inclination is, where is Cook to throw that block? Because O'Neal on the yeah. left tackle there, he, he was engaged. The safety blitz was a really good call. Um, but the only thing I could figure is that there might have been some confusion because Dalvin Cook ordinarily would have been the guy, I think, to pick up Alexander. The, the TV broadcast, and by the way, Greg Jennings was really good. It was, it was yeah. a three-man booth with Brock Heward, who was always great, and, and Greg Jennings and Chris Myers. So they kind of put Chris Myers with a couple guys who are good. <laughs> All due respect. Yeah. Um, but um, I, they basically just said, I mean, it was just a, it was a great defensive play call and that there was there was really it was blindside. Uh, they picked a, a great time with the, they guessed basically correctly that the Vikings were going to run play action that spot. And so you brought up what I what I thought was, was there any way there? First of all, Kirk Cousins is not going to get away from a blindside secondary blitz in that spot. The solution there is not for like Kirk Cousins to do something. The solution is for the protection to slide left in some way. Um, otherwise, it's possible they just dialed up the perfect play. But could is that an instance where Riley Reef should have seen Blitzer coming off the edge? He slides left. Dalvin steps up into the hole and grabs the left, uh, the edge rusher. Or did Dalvin make a mistake by moving up into the inside gap and not moving to the outside of Riley Reef? I don't know. That's where, uh, as they say, got to go look at the film and talk yeah. to people who are smarter than I am. So. Easily correctable is the term you're looking easily for. Correctable. Bill. Easily correctable. <laughs> yep. Very uh, less Fraser Ponder like type of day. Easily correctable. Yep. All right, Joe. What is your pie chart? All right. This was done very quickly, and as Phil said, subject to change on Mackie and Judd or a Purple Daily on Monday. I'm going to start from my least and get to my most. Okay. okay. I'm only going to put five percent of this on Cousins. Because fundamentally, I just don't think it's his fault. And yeah. and and by the way, if we are expecting him to do things that Cousins does not do, this is what you're three or four now. We got to get past that point. Uh, I'm putting 10 percent, and this is more from the first half offensive line. The offensive line, when it mattered, was not good, and that's a big deal. Um, when Kirk decides in Kirk's mind on back to back plays to take off and run for a total of thirty yards. Uh, something's gone wrong. Like that is not the goal. <laughs> so 10% for the offensive line. Now we get to the defense, 20% to the defensive backs who are young and had a atrocious day and got picked apart by a uh, QB. Welcome to the National Football League to guys like uh, Cameron Dantzler, Holton Hill, who's going to play a lot now. Uh, defensive line, 20%. Like you got to get some pressure and they can. And I know Ngakwe is the only notable now but i got a bad feeling that this is going to be a complete struggle until hunter gets back and even then i still think the interior is going to get no push which leaves 45 percent for mike zimmer and coaching i thought the overall game plan and coaching today was absolutely atrocious uh in game management of the clock game plan scheme to try to get pressure on a quarterback who you know you have to pressure like like did mike really think let's see here holton hill mike hughes and uh, cameron dantzler yeah you know what this is circa 2017 like did he think that yeah um um i didn't think kubiak had a great day so i'm, I'm gonna put the majority of this blame though 
on what I think was a really, really bad game plan here. Yeah, it's um, I'm trying to think. From, so I'm going to withhold and, and Declan, we will withhold our pie charts for the shows. tomorrow. Mine might change, boys, by the way. Right. OK. And once Judd does some investigating, he's correctable. Actually, uh, some people chiming in with their pie charts here: fifteen percent off of the line, thirty-five percent coaches. In some ways, the Vikings were just destined to get beat by a team that was more ready to win today. The Green Bay Packers were more ready to win today, and by that, I don't mean better coached up necessarily. And, and in some ways, they they might have been. But I keep going back to when you're missing Daniel Hunter, when your when your blueprint is centered around defense. And you're missing one of the best defensive players in the NFL. You're getting rookies indoctrinated, especially Cam Dantzler, into the NFL for the first time. He never played preseason games. And you don't have 70,000 screaming fans to make it uncomfortable and difficult for the Packers to communicate offensively. There is no way we should have expected a dominant defensive performance today. What I have said, so that's one thing. What I have said, they were going to give up the second most yards in a Mike Zimmer coached game since 2014. No, it was worse than I thought. And so that raises some red flags for me. Um, but I am curious to see what this thing looks like if they can keep it on the rails. And by on the rails, I mean, don't start 0-3. If you can even start 1-2, and two, yeah. keep it on the rails until Daniil Hunter gets back in October. Can you get back to playing the type of defense that at least we've grown somewhat accustomed to. I don't think this is going to be destined for like a top three uh, defense, but, um, but I, but I think it's just right now it's about, can you hold on until Daniel Hunter gets back? I think what scares you though, uh, Phil, a little bit too is look at the schedule and look at the quarterbacks and how quickly can you get these cornerbacks up to speed to where they have to be? Let's um, go through it. Let's go through it here. I mean, but, but I mean, that's what, that's what frightens me because if you had a schedule of some patsies and stuff, I'd be like, okay, you're going to be fine. But yeah, go through this and look at the quarterbacks. And you tell me Deshaun Watson yeah. doesn't scare you. And, and I don't even care that DeAndre Hopkins is gone. So you've got Phillip Rivers, who, by the way, the Colts lost to the Jaguars today. Phillip Rivers, I don't think, was a trainer. Right? He's my guy. He, I'm a Phillip Rivers apologist. But Phillip Rivers next week. Then you get Ryan Tannehill had an unbelievable season last year. Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. And then you find that you really get your first reprieve when you get to Mitch Trubisky, who did play well in the fourth quarter today, but is also just a disaster. So, yeah, these cornerbacks, like Russell Wilson, keeping plays alive. like Exactly. It's gonna like, be how are you going to combat that? Uh, here's a question I'd love to get to. Matthew Cornwall asks, uh, sorry, Cornwell asks, where was Irv Smith today, Judd? Well, and you know what? It- this goes back, uh, gentlemen, to my pie chart, 45% blame on coaching, which does not just include the head coach. Where was he? Like Irv, Irv Smith, me again. Okay. One catch, one it's target, four, one catch. It's fourth and three, right? That play was fourth and three. Like I could go through a pie chart of options before mm-hmm. I ever even think, much less mention Tajay Sharp. Yeah. Irv Smith, can he get me three yards? Yes. Dalvin Cook, can he get me three yards? Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a fantastic question. And look, Irv Smith, I think, going into any game this season should be minimum five targets, right? I would think not uh, more. I think that's a that's a good minimum. I'll say I mean, that. Yes. That seems low to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and some people are chiming in. He was open a couple of times. I just think Irv Smith's the type of guy, too, that can you can you scheme up even like one or two of these little tight end bubble screen type plays? Just can, is there a, can you get him the ball? and let him get into open space against linebackers and and pick up 9 10 yards after the catch you know absolutely so um all right well we've been we've been going for almost an hour here on Vikings vent line Judd's hanging out of the, if you're wondering why is Judd why is Judd being a little bit cautious with the loudness of his voice because there's a bunch of people working behind zoom him calls. There's zoom so. calls all around me yep it's nothing <laughs> but zoom um, so, all right. Final thoughts from you guys before we say goodbye here, Declan Goff. What, final thoughts, and we'll, we'll and we'll sleep on this, and we will do a full mm-hmm. breakdown tomorrow too on Purple Daily and on Mackie and Judd. I, I would say if you don't get a pass rush, this is going to be absolutely brutal. Like I, that was the most important thing they are going to do. Like getting these cornerbacks up to speed, like you guys were just talking about. It's going to be essentially a horrible process. It's not going to go out very well with no preseason games and a limited training camp. So if you can't figure out a way to get creative and get after the quarterback, and look, the Packers have a good offensive line. It's I would it's I think it's probably in the top ten if, if I'm just going off my my non pro football focused brain. 
but you have to figure out ways to get after Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers had so many options, and and it's not just Rodgers rolling out and creating stuff. He was just sitting there waiting, dissecting, and if you can't get pass rush, then even with someone who I've always said I, I trust Zimmer, he can he can cook something up. This is what happens because you can't get after the quarterback. It's the single most important thing the Vikings have to do every week because you know you're going to have to help over the top with the, your two safeties. But these young corners, oh man, I, it's going to be a very very long day if Unique and Gakwe, and then with, when Daniel Hunter comes back, if they can't get after the quarterback. Final thought: um, one is is Jeff Gladney alive? I saw him, so I, I I know that he is. But I mean, Jeff Gladney should have to play. Should play. Um, I guess my final thought is it's not as bad as it seems. Calm down a little bit because this was an atrocious game, an atrocious loss. It's an embarrassing performance. All of that being said, I believe it was the first person who uh, jumped on with us pointed out it's week one. Uh, go watch games. This league is filled with teams right now that, for lack of a better term, probably don't know what the hell they're doing at this point. Um, it's been a weird past few months they didn't have time to play games um so if you do have faith in this coaching staff i think they're going to correct things and get things right does that mean that this is going to be a good team i have no idea that being said i don't think today is necessarily going to be reflective of what we are now destined to see for the next um 16 weeks yep yeah i think my my biggest takeaway is that this was bad (laughs) there's a there's a lot of things that need to be corrected and fixed here but it doesn't mean that you are going to be a train wreck in 2020. I think there's a lot of a lot of time to fix things, and a lot of the things that went wrong today were fairly predictable. Yep. And um, it's it's it. And, and let's be honest, we all kind of went into the season saying it's it's kind of a transition year. You're, this isn't a year in which you're going to win the Super Bowl. You're not the 49ers. Right. You're not you're not even the really the New Orleans Saints. The Vikings have the Saints number, but the Saints overall have been a 13 and three caliber team for a couple of years now. And so can you be competitive? Can you can you win a division and then set the table for 2021 and beyond? And um, and so I, I still think that's the goal. And I, and I still think that they have time to improve some things here. So what, what did you guys think, too, of uh, of Aaron Rodgers basically looking like old Aaron Rodgers making plays? And I know he had a ton of time, like I talked about, but this dude is clearly, I don't think, slowing down. He's still damn good. Even if he's not as elite in that tier, he's still damn good. I think it all depends on your competition, Declan Goff, and that's what we saw. He has looked um, cooked in recent years sometimes, not all the time, against the Vikings. Why? Because he was challenged, and it's mm-hmm. tougher. But there, there was some point in time today that I think I think he like stopped for a second and thought, oh, my God, I have all day to, to throw. I, I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scandling like, dropped two one first down on a crossing route and one deep pass at the 10 ordinarily in a Viking Packer game, that would be killer. Guess what? It didn't matter one bit. So I think Aaron looked like old Aaron much more because the Vikings look like Les Frazier's defense. Then it's really attributable to, to him having been either a cooked or B now having found some fountain of youth. He's closer to Aaron Rodgers of old than people think. He's not as cooked as people think he is. But no, but the Vikings defense has been good, and so that makes him look bad. And so we all jump to, yeah. oh, he must be done. I mean, when you give a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the greatest talents in the history of the NFL, when you give him all day to throw against a rookie cornerback, and, and even the non-rookie cornerbacks, Holton Hill and Mike Hughes, aren't exactly veterans. So no. And they both got beat, too. And yeah. this place was a, make no mistake, a church today. Like I have been, I back in, in the days when I went to Catholic church, on a regular basis, it was noisier in that building than it was in this one. <laughs> so, well, boys, um, that's a wrap on this initial 2020 episode of Vikings Ventline here. And another quick shout out and a thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer powering Vikings Ventline on a regular making, basis. Making the bad days better. Corona Hard Seltzer. <laughs> so, Judd, and it was, it was weirder, too, being in a football stadium versus the baseball stadium. I know we've been at Target Field, too, but I got to imagine it was super Ten times weirder. So when 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 uh, the Packers uh, guard Lane Lane Taylor got hurt, they turned the ambient sound piped in off completely, like you could hear everything. And it wasn't loud to start with. They turned all the sound off. It was Dex. This is like the twins thing. It took me very briefly to be like, okay, it's fine. I'll never get used to being in U.S. Bank Stadium, Vikings Packers, with no noise, basically. Yeah. Super weird, super, super weird. Yeah, so it's very odd. And 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 if you don't think that this is going to impact games throughout this league in 2020 for as long as this lasts, you're crazy. It's going to impact games and teams. 
Yeah, it's a big deal for sure. Um, appreciate everyone hanging out with us. This has been a blast for us, and it went off mostly without a hitch. The first video nice sent version of Vikings Ventline, and you can find both Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd in podcast form on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And if you missed any of this edition of Vikings Ventline, we will post the podcast on demand on the Purple Daily podcast feed, and also, as always, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. All right, boys. Declan's got a whole case of Corona hard stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) Goodbye. See you guys. All right. right. See you, boys.